The last words of our gospel were, she should be given something to eat. So after Mass today, uh, you're going to have one of the best breakfasts you've ever had in your life. We're going to give you ice cream and cupcakes. So please join us after Mass in the parish hall. And we'll have ice cream and cupcakes just to kind of let me allow me to say goodbye to you all. But also, like, who wouldn't want ice cream and cupcakes for breakfast? Um, that has nothing to do with anything. I just figured I'd share that with you because I forgot to announce that before Mass. And I'll remind you after Mass. Um, I'm just going to share a, a, a few words with you about something that happened to me yesterday. And I just want you um, to pay attention as I'm telling this little brief story. Uh, what thoughts come to mind? What feelings arise and, and what desires do you have? It's always important as we grow in, as, as followers of Jesus, we're acknowledging internally, what are my thoughts, what are my feelings, and what are my desires? So yesterday, I was at a funeral. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And what are your desires? What memories come up, even when I just say that? And at the, at the funeral, it was the funeral for somebody who just lost their dad. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And what are your desires as I just say that? The funeral was actually for a priest of Oshkosh, Father Lewis, and he's from India. Knowing that, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And what are your desires? I'll tell you a little more. The body of his dad was not there. Why? Because his dad died in India about a month ago. And Father Lewis, because of the current situation over there with the sickness, the illness, um, he was not able to even go celebrate his dad's funeral for his own dad. Just bringing that up, what are your thoughts, what are your feelings, and what are your desires? A little more is that the church was pretty full, which is a great thing that people saw the need to support their pastor. And there were six other priests there and two deacons and even a bishop, an auxiliary bishop from Chicago. But the people that weren't able to be there were his own family. Family was not there. They wanted to be, but they couldn't come because of the current situation. Just with knowing that in that story, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? And what are your desires? You see, the interesting thing about that is I can tell you that story, which is true, but each of you had different thoughts, each of you had different feelings, and each of you had different desires with me just saying that. Father Lewis is clearly going through a time of transition. A time of transition. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't been home for about two years. A time of transition, it's going to take a little while for it's going to be safe for him to go back home. But you all, too, are dealing with transition. And we are called to be Christ to others in time of transition. As you prepare for Father Sladek to come here and be your new pastor, which you haven't had a pastor here at these parishes, this parish in Sacred Heart, for over 15 years. It's going to be a time of transition. And the weird thing is, is that everybody wants transition. But nobody wants change. Or the other way, everybody wants change and nobody wants transition because it's, it's just not so easy to go through. But anytime you and I go through transition, uh, people feel that very, very differently. 
So what I want to do just, just briefly is go through at the end of your pews are these little sheets. If you could grab that and look at that with your neighbors. I want to go through this, this transition model because I find this to be very helpful. And I, I just hope it helps you because I'm, I'm just thinking of like, if you haven't had a priest, a pastor here for 15 years, like, what are we getting ourselves into, right? Like a permanent one who'll actually live. Like, what do you do Monday through Friday now? <laughs> You'll have a priest. Um, and, there, and every change that you and I have, uh, there's, there's, an, there's an ending that happens. There's always a positive, in any positive change you have in life, there's always a loss. And in any, any negative change, there's always a loss. So a positive change would be like, I'm getting married. Have the wedding, we move in. And there's a positive change, but there's a loss. If you're, if you're a man, you're like, I have no more counter space in the bathroom, right? She's taking it over. Uh, if you have a positive change like children, right, which is a beautiful thing, bringing children into the world, uh, there's, there's a loss of turf, right? So on this, on this form, you can see there's seven types of losses in every, every single change you and I go through. And maybe this is, you could also use this in business. And this comes from a gentleman named William Bridges. And he's, this was talked about in a podcast that I listened to called At the Table. So sometimes you lose turf in times of transition. It means space. Uh, sometimes you lose attachments to people. So for example, uh, if you were really attached to Deacon Bob, he's not here anymore. And that might have been your friend group. And you're thinking, what am I going to do? Or maybe when you got married and you had friends who weren't married, you didn't really hang out with them as much. Uh, because they weren't married, or maybe when you started having kids, um, your friend group changed, your attachments changed, because some people, uh, oddly, don't like children. And then you're hanging out with other parents who have children, right? So your attachments change, structure, right? Your day-to-day interaction, there's a loss there. Your future, the unknown, right? What is, what is, what is Father Sladek going to be like? What's he, what's he going to be like? Uh, meaning, purpose, maybe you really identify with me, or maybe you really identify with Deacon Bob, right? And there's maybe you find a lot of meaning and purpose in what we're doing or anything, really, and that's going to change for you. I think for a lot of people, it's control. It's giving up control, the loss of control, or even identity. Maybe you really identified with Father Zach or Deacon Bob, right? So there's always a loss, and it's just important to be aware of these things as you and I go through transitions, no matter what the transition is. But the, the worst thing you and I can do during a time of transition is play the victim. Woe is me. Life stinks. This is awful. I'm not going to change. I'm just going to fold my arms and never go back to church or whatever. That's like one of the worst things you can do. But we have, we have four responses to loss as you go down the page. There's four responses, so... Some people will, feel, will, feel, will make a, a change saying, what can I do or what am I going to do? Which is like the best question to ask. Or what are we going to do? That's a good thing. Maybe some people are feeling called to restore things. Maybe there's a restoration that needs to happen. Or maybe there's a replacement that needs to happen. Maybe redesign. Redesign would be like, I got to th- rethink a lot of my life now. New priest, new start. Let's go. One of the worst things that people do is they go, to re- go into this relinquish stage. Relinquish is like, I want to go back to the old way that Deacon Bob did things or, or Father Zach did things, and, and that's just not going to happen. Like, it's like, it's just not going to happen. But where a lot of people find themselves in, eventually, as you look at the top of the page, you have an ending happening, like a transition happening, where there's this neutral zone. The neutral zone sounds something like this for those of you who have purchased a vehicle or made a large purchase in life, a house or whatever. 
there's always that, that feeling of like buyer's remorse or buyer's regret. And what you need is those two C's right below that care and concern. I can remember right after seminary, like right when I finished, I knew I was going to the Northwood, so I, I knew I needed a truck because you can't drive up there without that. And after I bought it, immediately I was like, oh no, that was a lot of money. But what I needed was my spirit director, Father Carlos, I told him, I was like, I think I've got to return this thing. How am I going to pay for it? He's like, oh, <laughs> it's very normal to feel that way. It'll pass. That's all I needed to hear. So the emotions that you're feeling, the thoughts, the feelings, the desires you feel in these situations, most of them are very normal. Most of them are very normal. And where I really want you to focus on is the four Ps. So this is really important as you journey to not forget these things. The four Ps are purpose, picture, plan, and part. The purpose. Why are we doing this? Why are you receiving a new pastor? Well, clearly because Bishop hears you and he loves you. Bishop Rickon knows that you haven't had a full-time pastor here for 15 years. And you need one. You need a resident priest. And this is not normal, by the way. Uh, If you go to different countries, like where Father Lewis is from, when he was talking yesterday at his dad's funeral, he was talking about how they maybe had mass like once a month. They were lucky to have that. Right? Why are we doing this? Because people need to know the gospel message. People need to know that they're loved. People need to get back in the habit of going to confession. People need to be healed, like we heard in our gospel today. Jairus, people who are really prideful, Need, need humility. Or the woman who went to Jesus who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, whatever that, that thing is that you and I go to over and over and over that won't make us happy or won't heal us. The problem is it's not, she wasn't going to Jesus. That's the problem. And she was broke because of it, financially. Why are we doing this? Because people need Jesus and they don't know him. We had a study come out uh, when I was first ordained for our diocese, and it said that 80% of Catholic Christians in our diocese, in our area of Wisconsin, did not know how to talk about an, a relationship with Jesus. That doesn't mean they don't have one, but they don't know how to articulate that. If you know someone, if you love someone, how can you not know how to talk about them, <laughs> right? So that's like a part of the purpose, the, the why are we doing this? And some of you, that's going to be your, a, a need for you in this parish, is to do that for others or to have others do that for you. Why are we doing this? It's always important to ask that. The most successful people in the world always go back to their why. For those of you who are, who are married, it's important that you, every day you go back to when you knew that he or she was the one for you. You have to go back to that moment always to know your why. Because otherwise we play the victim. They're lazy. We point fingers. I always go back to the day I felt called to be a priest when I was at Mass at a men's conference. And when the priest held up what I thought was bread my, my whole life, I, I just received that gift of faith that it's Jesus. And in that, I felt called to be a priest. I go back to every single day. always have to go back to my why. Why am I a priest? Why are you married? Why are you here, right? The next one is picture. The second P is picture. I was like, what's the outcome going to be like? If I had to give you an image of what your, your situation looks like, it's like a mom who's pregnant, Right? As a priest, when women become pregnant, we are sometimes the first people that anybody contact about the pregnancy because the mom doesn't know if the baby's going to make it. They ask for prayers. There's always that uncertainty, right? 
And then little by little, as time goes on, the mother starts to show, right? And that's for some of you, like you're, you're understanding there's going to be a transition happen. You don't know what, what, what the baby is. It's a boy or a girl, right? You don't know. You haven't done the ultrasounds yet, right? And as the baby grows, the mom and dad take the baby to the doctor. They do the ultrasound. And sometimes they, now they have that 4D technology and they can kind of see what the baby looks like. And maybe they'll find out if it's a boy or a girl. But again, they don't know so much about that child. And then that's like in that neutral zone, right? It's that neutral zone. What's the, is the baby going to be fully healthy? They don't know. But then comes that, that painful time of having to give birth. The water breaks. You rush to the hospital. And there's that painful time of bringing new life into the world. Not all transition is easy, right? But then you see the child and you see so much that it needs so much care. And that's what you, you all need to do for each other is care for each other. Like the baby can't do anything. It has to have its diaper change. It has, you, you look at its eyes. You're like, oh, it's got brown eyes, blue eyes. I thought it would have hazel eyes or whatever. Brown hair, black hair. And then you're wondering, what is the child going to sound like? Uh, what's it, what, what's, what's it going to be good at in life? And that's what takes time. Your transition is like giving birth to a baby. If I had to give you a picture. And some of you have to remind yourself of the picture. That's a picture I would give you. There's also the plan. What does the path to get there look like? I'd say for a lot of us, the path looks like people who accompany a mother who's pregnant. They care for her, but not just while she's pregnant, but also making meals for one another, right? They, they take care of one another. They check and see how they're doing. Do you need to go to the grocery store? They look out for one another. They're always other-focused, not self-focused, right? They're selfless, not selfish. And there's also a part, right? That's a fourth P. That, that goes into, what is your role in all of this? A great question to ask a, a, a priest who's coming into a parish is, what can I do to support the mission? That is an amazing question to ask a priest. What can I do to support you? How can I pray for you? What is my role in all of this? He might just say, please encourage people to not lose hope. Please encourage people to go to confession. Please encourage people to do X. And that might be your role. And you just got to stay faithful to that. And the important thing is, it all comes in humility to knowing what this is all about. It's all about Jesus who loves you infinitely. Your heart and my heart, we are created for a relationship with Jesus. From all eternity, back to Adam and Eve, they were in relationship and sin broke it and Jesus restores it. But the problem is, my friends, is there are so many gyruses out in our world today. There are so many women who have had an issue for 12 years or plus and they're going to everything but Jesus. And that's where your mission and my mission comes in. But no matter what we are going through in transitions, you have to think about Jairus in our gospel today. What was life like him in that neutral zone after his daughter was healed? This is like somebody who would never expect to go to Jesus, like a big figure in the world. I don't know how to use, like maybe like Elon Musk or something like that. I don't think he's a Christian. I don't know or not or Jeff Bezos or whatever, going to the Pope and humbling himself and asking for Jesus to help them. That's how big this situation was. And then they have to deal with the backlash 
about going to Jesus and being humble. Or this woman, all those doctors she went to her whole life for 12 years, all that money she spent on things that wouldn't help her, she's going to live with that neutral zone until it starts to feel normal to be in relationship with Jesus and to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. That's that transition period, that neutral zone. That's important when we encounter those people, we remember the four Ps, right? And we show them care and concern. Last thing. It has been an honor to be here for the past year. Um, It's been your support, your encouragement has been phenomenal. Very special parish that you have here. In, in your bulletin, I just wrote a few words of encouragement as you prepare for Father Sladek, and I just want you to focus on three F's um, in that. So if you take a bulletin, you'll, you'll reread all this. But the first F was just food. Food is a great way to encounter people and, and to get to know them. And food means, you know, inviting Father Sladek over to your home and asking what does he like to eat, what's his favorite dessert, and getting to know each other, breaking bread, so to speak. And figure out what are, what, are, what are his hobbies and what are your hobbies. What's his history and what's your history. And getting to know each other just through that simple interaction. But also, he's a priest. He's a shepherd. He's a spiritual father. He'll be your spiritual father. That also means that he has parents. So Mr. and Mrs. Sladek will now be your new grandparents. So you're all going to be adopted in this new family. But even to ask him, what are your parents like? What was it like growing up in your home? How did you feel called to be a priest, right? The next F after food is, is just friendship. Friendship is growing in relationship with one another, which takes time because you have to gain trust, right? In this neutral zone of life, and you might be going through, even if a neutral zone experience of like going from like full-time kids in the house to being empty nesters, right? That's a neutral zone experience, right? So you ask him, what's it like leaving your old parish? How are you doing? Showing concern for another, and, and, and getting to know him in that. Becoming friends. And that'll take time because you have to gain trust. Our, our world wants trust like so fast, but it's just unreal. Again, pregnancy, it takes time. So the importance of patience with one another. And then there's also follow. Food, fellowship, and follow. Once you get there, right, once the baby's born, so to speak, asking Father Kyle, Father Sladek, how do you desire us to follow Jesus here? What's coming up in your prayer? What can we do to help support the mission? Those three F's will help you. And they're very simple on purpose because we don't need any more complexity in our life. We need just some guideposts to walk with us. And by the way, I, I will miss you, but I'm not going to Timbuktu, okay? So I'm, I'll be at the Newman Center still. <laughs> and in, in, the, in your bulletin article, I just put like what my address is, what my phone number is, email. So if you ever want to come visit, you're always welcome, right? But please do let me know beforehand because I want to make sure I don't miss you if you come by. You are never a burden to me, as you will never be a burden to your priest. We are celibate so we can serve you, to be totally available to you, just like Jesus is to Jairus and his daughter, right? And just as he was to the woman who had the hemorrhage for 12 years. But even as I said all of that, all of you had different thoughts, all of you had different feelings, and all of you had different desires come up. What we're called to do is place all of that 
in the arms of our guardian angels and place them on the altar. Maybe you're full of fear. Maybe you're full of joy. Maybe you're full of sadness. Maybe you're full of just confusion, whatever it is. And as the bread and wine are transformed in this mass into the body and blood of Jesus, we ask the Lord to do the same for us, to transform us. It might sound kind of like Jesus doesn't care today in our gospel when he tells the official, the synagogue official, do not be afraid, just have faith. But if you know who you're with, if you're with Jesus, you have no reason to be afraid. The opening words of our gospel today said, when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, Jesus is always going back and forth in the boat, which is the church, to accompany people in times of transition. So when you're in the boat with Jesus, he tells you, he calms you, don't be afraid, just have faith, believe in me, give me control, and everything will be okay. Because he's going to give himself fully to you in just a moment. In the Eucharist, whether you kneel or stand, or receive him on your hand or your tongue, that's Jesus. And he speaks to you and he says, do not be afraid, just have faith. He gives himself fully to you, and what he asks is that you give yourself fully back to him. We place our thoughts, we place our feelings, our desires in the hands of our guardian angels. We place them on the altar, and we ask the Lord to give us the graces we need to be saints this week, to be humble as we place ourselves before our God. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.